The following program is brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio, conversations with the leaders moving our state forward. We look at the issues shaping Tennessee's future, rural development, public policy, broadband, health care, and other topics impacting our communities. Skills USA was founded in 1965 and it is a partnership of students, teachers, and industry working together to ensure there is a skilled workforce. The mission of the organization is to empower its members to become world-class workers, leaders, and citizens. And one of those instructors, teachers, is my guest on this episode of Lee Tennessee Radio. Joe Marco, he is a cyber engineer at the University of Alabama, and he's also an adjunct technology instructor for Montlose State Community College. He's also U.S. Army retired. Thank you for your service, Joe. And he is here to tell us more about uh, Skills USA. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for the opportunity to come and talk about Skills USA. Well, to kick us off, to start us, tell me and our listeners just a little bit more about Skills USA and what inspired you or drew you to get involved. Skills USA is a partnership between students, teachers, and industry uh, where we work together to ensure America has a stronger, skilled workforce. Um, it's a nonprofit uh, educational association that serves middle schools, high schools, and post secondary prepare uh, students for careers in the trade. What, what drew me to Skills USA is when I was in high school, my junior and senior year, 1992 and 1990, I'm sorry, 93 and 94. I competed in what was called VICA, Vocational Industrial Clubs of America. So Skills USA is what VICA was. So any of the older crowd that remembers what, what VICA was back in the day, VICA is Skills USA. So we just added more to it, made it a little bigger. Before it was the skilled trades of, you know, when it was vocational, heating, cooling, plumbing. It was a, a more narrowed skill set. Now it's it's culinary, it's baking, it's construction, it, it is, uh, it's masonry, it's technology, there's drones, there's everything. So it's just morphed into a much bigger, larger um, competition uh, than, than it was when it was Vika. But that, that's what took, brought me into it. My, my teacher, Mr. Blatter, back when I was a junior in high school, uh, he got me involved. And I thought it was the coolest thing. When I became a teacher, I, uh, I started at Stewart's Creek in 2016. I showed up there and they had a skills to say chapter, but the technology department, we didn't compete in it. So I got with my partner instructor and, and said, you know, this, we're, we're doing it. And he had, he didn't really know much about, it. he knew about it a little bit, but he had never competed. Uh, so my first year we decided to go and um, that's, that, that started my, my trek down the uh, skills you say path uh, at the high school level. Got it. Well, you mentioned some of those technical skills, and it is a, a wide variety and a good range. So, uh, you know, as the students explore those options and maybe they excel in those through US Skills USA, how do you think those skills contribute to maybe, you know, a, a two year and four year formal education makes them a more rounded um I mean, a, a very desirable employee and, you know, very skilled. How does that work together? Well, it, it's kind of, skills you say is unique in the way it, it's, it's developed over time. So not only are they competing, 
before they even start the competition, just to start, you have to submit a resume. And the resume is not for them to compare certifications or jobs or it really has nothing to do with the contents of the resume. It has to do with their ability to construct the resume and tell their story on a one page document and take enough pride in it to not have grammatical errors, to have somebody check behind them and proof it, to make sure it tells the story it needs to be told. That's what they're looking for in the resume. It's not truly the, 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 what the resume contains. So that's just step one of the process. Step two, they have, you have to have a, a uniform. <laughs> so there's actual uniform judges. They're a third party. They're not associated with your competition at all. Those judges come in, they judge your uniform. If it says black socks and you don't have black socks, guess what? You lost points. If it says black shoes and you have a gray stripe on those black shoes, <clears throat> you lost points. Um, so that, that's step two. And then step three, they conduct a job interview. So once they conduct this job interview, they put them in a hot seat. They'll ask them some serious questions. Again, they're not grading them on the knowledge that they're uh, of the questions. They're asking them how they compose themselves and how they present themselves. So we've gone through three phases of competition, and we haven't even touched what they're there for yet. And then we get into the actual competition where it is raw, what you know, how much better you are than the person next to you. And they take all that together. And that's what determines your score. So if you get a, a top three finisher from state level skills USA applying to your, your industry, uh, whatever industry it is, you know that they've accomplished those tasks and they have that ability. Um, I, I think that's huge for industry because every time I go to these, uh, the Murfreesboro Technology Council, the Rutherford County Technology Council, the National Tech Council, Cyber Huntsville, any places I go to and talk to industry professionals, the one thing they're missing is those skills right there. They just want somebody that can get to work on time in the right uniform and be willing to learn. And if you have a top three finisher from the state level skills USA, I guarantee you, you're getting that. Um, that's, that's why it's important. We talked about the partnership between us and industry. The more and We're gonna get into that here later on in the discussion, I think, about the, partner, the importance of the partnership between the industry and skills USA and how it benefits them. Well, that's great to know. It's very foundational or layered with learning the resume and everything that comes with it before you actually apply whatever skill they have. So that's great to know. And talking about the competition, uh, we recently highlighted two of the success stories of Skills USA on the TMBA website. And we also talked about it in our newsletter. You had two Montlow young ladies that place first in the state competition uh, at the Skills USA State Leadership and Skills Conference in June. Uh, Miriam Tanas in Cisco Internet Working and Gabby Miller in Telecommunication Cabling. Uh, they were the only females in, the, in a very male-dominated technology event, I think, and then they later competed in Atlanta and Gabby bringing home the bronze, uh, Miriam placing in the top 10. First of all, it's great to see these young women compete in technical fields, but tell us what the competition actually means to them and others in their future success and their career. I mean, what does it provide them? First, I'm going to take you back in time a little bit because that only tells half the story. And this mm-hmm. kind of it's a bit of a testament to what Skills USA does. So let's go back two years. 
like I said, I've been in Skills USA. This is my this was my sixth year in Skills USA. So my fourth year, Miriam, she decided she was going to compete in telecommunications cabling. Now she was a junior in high school. She was a dual enrollment student. Now she was graduating as a junior, so she was ahead of her peer group. So she was wow. she was one of the advanced students. So we decided, or I decided, that she would compete at the collegiate level. She'd compete post secondary as a junior in high school. Okay. Well, that immediately kind of set off her panic buttons of, or her panic alarms of, I'm high school, I'm not college. Well, she had that ability. So we competed at the college level. Um, she went to state. She took gold in the state uh, in 2022 for telecommunications cabling. Fast forward, we go to nationals, bigger group. <clears throat> there are a few girls in, or females in this one. Bigger group, uh, much harder competition. <clears throat> and she took first in the nation in telecommunications cabling in 2022 as a junior in high school. So we leave, everything kind of dies down a little bit. <clears throat> she decides she's going to run. Now she's a freshman in college. She should be a senior. She decides she's going to run for, to become the president of the Motlow Skills SA chapter, which presides over six uh, separate geographically dispersed locations across middle Tennessee. Uh, so she ended up getting elected to president. <laughs> so as a, what should have been a senior in high school, she's now running the skills of a chapter from Motlow. And she went on to run for a state officer position. So not only was she the Motlow president, she was the skills USA, Tennessee treasurer for skill uh, for skills USA. So after this is all done, we decide we're going into 2023. What are our competitions going to be? <clears throat> well, she doesn't want to do the same one twice because she already won gold. She wants to try something else. So her plan was to take the most the most difficult competition in technology for Skills USA, which was Cisco Networking. I would train her for that. She would take what she learned and she was going to train somebody for telecom cabling. So Gabrielle's third place win at nationals and first place win at state was not because of me. It was because Miriam took her, she took that leadership role and mentored another student to go on and be successful. And that's kind of the story of Skills USA. That's kind of like the epitome of the story of Skills USA is we, you know, we're training our future generations. Well, it doesn't get any more to the ground than that. I trained Miriam, she trained her, they both won. Um, so the two of them became very close friends uh, to this day, uh, they're best friends now. And I don't think before that they had even talked to each other. Um, so it, it, it was a pretty big deal how this whole thing unfolded with the two of them. Again, females in a male dominated competition. Uh, it, it, it was, it was the best part of my teaching career was Miriam because Miriam was a state officer. So when the medals got presented at state, when Miriam put the gold medal on the person she trained, that kind of capped off my teaching career right there. Oh, I can't imagine how wonderful that felt to see that. I mean, it's certainly, as you said, a testament to um, her and to the the program and, and all that. So she sounds like uh, an impressive young lady. I, I would love to meet her, and maybe I'll get an opportunity to do that sometime. Now, do I remember correctly that she is, was she hired by the University of Al Alabama? Yes. She graduates Motlow in December with her associates, again, six months ahead. So now she graduated high school, 12 months ahead of her peer group. She's graduating college six more months. So she's 18 months ahead of her freshman peer group in high school. And she will be attending University of Alabama at Huntsville 
Um, she hasn't decided whether she's doing cybersecurity technology or mechanical engineering yet, uh, but we did hire her at the Cybersecurity Center for Research and Engineering. Um, she is an associate researcher there. Um, so yeah, we I think uh, it was important to get her into our circle. That way oh, yeah. it, it, it makes sure it helps her make that transition to the, to the university and finish her four-year degree. Yeah, congratulations to her and congratulations to the University of Alabama at Huntsville for get, uh, grabbing her up. So uh, Gabrielle is also thinking about moving to UAH. She's got a little okay. bit longer at Motlow left, uh, but she's looking at going that direction too. And I'm very interested in seeing what Gabe, I saw what Miriam's second year at SkillsUSA and Motlow was. I'm interested, I'm very anxious to see what Gabrielle's second year is going to bring here uh, come the end of August when we start kicking off our SkillsUSA season. Yeah, I'll look forward to keeping up with those two and see what they accomplish. So we've talked about a little bit about the job market, uh, and it is changing. Uh, big demand for the trades. Air industry, the broadband industry, is just one example. Um, uh, uh, recently, a report came out that the air industry would need over 200,000 employees to finish out building broadband across the nation. Um, you know, there's a lot of funding coming down for that. That's there, but finding the employees and, and those skilled workers. So as the market changes, as technology changes, how does Skills USA align the students with those demands and, you know, and those industries? I'm sure it has to do with the industry partners, Um but how do how do you understand where all those possibilities are and just keep up with what's happening? The first thing I tell all the instructors to do is join their local technology. Like we have the Murfreesboro Tech Council, Russell County Tech. They need to find their technology council, their construction, baking, whatever industry they're in. They need to find that. And the first place to start is the Chamber of Commerce. Go to the Chamber of Commerce. That's home. Start there. <clears throat> Let them point you into a direction because I think a, a misnomer everybody has is that when I'm looking for an issue partner, I'm looking for money. That's completely false. Of course, I am looking for money sometimes, but if it's a three-man shop, I don't need the money. I might just need them to come help train my student on something that I'm not that sharp on. For example, we were connected with Ben Lohman uh, through Larry Flat at Motlow. He connected us and Ben Lohman was able to lend me some fiber optic tools, <clears throat> which allowed me to train these these girls before going to skills in an area that we don't have tools in. A lot of schools don't have fiber tools because they're expensive. So what happens is they get the nationals, they give them a, a, a two hour block of instruction, and that's all they have to dive into this competition with. Wow. Well, through industry partner, I was able to get our girls prepared before we got there. <clears throat> and and I didn't need money from Ben Lohman. I didn't need, I didn't even need time. I just needed a loaner a loaner of some tools. So the industry partnership, and I don't want industry partners to be afraid to engage us because they think all we're going to ask for is money. Um, because like I said, the small shops with only a few people in it, we don't need their money. We just need their experience. Now the bigger shops, yeah, you know, I'm going to Ben Lohman. I'm going to these bigger companies. I might, I might ask them for some kind of donations. Uh, but that's where teachers got to kind of, or instructors kind of got to be a little cognizant of what they're asking for and know, know their audience. Because in the end, if Ben Lohman gives me a little bit of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to give them some people that are quality employees. And that's what the in industry understands that. And a lot of these instructors don't understand that the industry does get it. If they dump 
time and effort into us, we're going to provide what they need down the road. Um, the soft skills are one of the biggest things we're, we're having troubles with in industry, right? All the industries, doesn't matter what you name the industry, soft skills is an issue. People can't talk to people. People can't show up on time. Um, they don't understand how to dress appropriately. And SkillsUSA really leverages that. So the tighter our partnership is with industry, the more they are going to benefit from those results. SkillsUSA has a huge reach. We currently have over 300,000 students in SkillsUSA. Just because they're not winning state championships doesn't mean they're not learning these lessons. Right. Every student in my classroom, every Wednesday at a Dress for Success Day, they got bonus points for, for coming in dressed like they would go to a job interview. Uh, so they still leave my classroom with some knowledge, even though they didn't compete at a state or national level. Um, if you have somebody with Skills USA attached to their resume, you might want to give them a close look. Yeah, it's such good points. I, I didn't realize that Skills USA did concentrate so much on the soft skills as well, which are so important because they don't have the opportunity to show what they know in the trades unless they get that job interview and they can communicate and do the resume and all of that. And that's another great point. You know, the first thing you see on a job application or a job uh, posting is experience, one year experience. <laughs> well, how do you get that experience? Skills USA is that hands-on experience. So if a student is graduating high school complaining that every job wants experience, how are they supposed to get it? Well, that was their opportunity. So when they do go to the community college, they got a second opportunity because a lot of community colleges, the TCATs, they're all participating skills. So there's their second opportunity once they realize that, wow, I did need Skills USA because it gave me that experience that the industry is looking for. Yeah, great point. And as you mentioned, going to the Chamber of Commerce, most communities have industrial and industry committees uh, that work on looking, you know, what industry has to offer in each of your communities. So sure. great point that you're not always looking for monetary donation. You're looking for experience and skill. So <coughs> I, just because I'm an instructor doesn't mean I know everything. There's somebody stronger in certain areas than I am. And I need, and I, I leverage that every chance I get, which is why we have eight state championships and one national championship, because I know what I don't know. And I'm willing to accept that and go find somebody that can help us. Great point. So you mentioned the competition and, and there are 300,000 uh, students in the program, which is awesome. Um, and not everybody gets to go to competition, but how important is the competition to the ones that compete, Miriam and uh, Gabriella? Um, you know, it's on their resume, of course, but what kind of time commitment are these students putting in to get to the competition? Honestly, it's less than you would think. Um, really? Good. We cover a majority of the stuff in class, so they have a base foundation. <clears throat> now, they will never go and win with the base foundation. So we would meet starting two months prior to the um, competition. I believe April was our competition for state. So starting in about February-ish, uh, we start meeting twice a week and we really start hitting focused heavy on the standards that they're gonna be tested on. Um, the telecom cabling one is a little bit easier to prep for because there's only so many ways you can do this and so many ways to troubleshoot it. Cisco Internetworking, that took a lot more man hours uh, or woman hours in their, in their case to get this piece together 
and, and and cover all the possibilities she could have. And we still didn't cover the possibilities. She showed up there. There was stuff they threw at her that she was like, I had no idea. And I tell her back, I had no idea either. So there's always going to be stuff that we don't know. Um, but I'd say twice a week, two months out is when we started our serious preparation. And that's because they had a, a good foundation. I, w- I want to hit one more point. I'm talking about competitions that are directly related to industry, like culinary, construction, telecom cabling. But we have competitions that aren't directly related. They're kind of around the side related. There's a competition for job interview. There's a competition for public speaking. There's a competition for debate. Uh, One of my students was going to compete in cybersecurity, lost his partner. And it's a, you have to do two. So he was like, I just want to compete in something. So we put him in extemporaneous speaking. He took third place in the state for extemporaneous speaking in 2023. First and second place decided they didn't want to go to nationals. So we took him to nationals because the third place gets the gets the opportunity. He took first in the nation in extemporaneous speaking. And his whole point, wow. he was going to compete in cybersecurity. So if there's over 180 competitions, if you have students that want to compete, find their strengths and put them in it. It doesn't matter if it's public speaking, if it's a job interview, it's definitely, um, there's, there's something for everybody. That's great. And uh, you have a video on the Skills USA website that I watched from the competition. I was amazed, at, as you said, the uh, segments, masonry, uh, the culinary, the, I mean, it, it showed, it gave a really quick overview of the competition. So if anyone wants to see what you're talking about, they can go and kind of get a snippet of that from that video. It was, it was very and well nationals, done. nationals, state level, these are all hosted or sponsored by, by, by usually local companies or colleges. <clears throat> At the national level, it's Harley-Davidson, it's Ford, it's Nissan. Um, you know, the, their motorcycle repair is hosted by Harley-Davidson. Uh, Cisco does Cisco and networking. Um, Bosch, all Milwaukee, the major brands are hosting all of these competitions. Like, and generally when they come, they're bringing their HR reps with them. They're scouting mm-hmm. you out. And when mm-hmm. you're at nationals, your students are being looked at for jobs. Um, yeah. We had talent acquisition, the head of talent acquisitions for Cisco at our, at Miriam's competition this year. Uh, it, it's big. It's a big deal for these students. So a couple of days a week, a little extra work is not a lot to ask for when it can yield the opportunities that it does. Yeah, those kind of gains. Yeah. So let's uh, touch on industry partners. You mentioned a lot of them there, the brands at the national competition, but um, talk about your industry partners just a little bit. And you talked about it earlier where you're looking for expertise and skills, sometimes not always from um not always a d- money, but how do the partnerships benefit the students and, and how do you establish, maintain those strong relationships with those partners and, and keep those uh, students connected with those employers, potential employers, I should say? It's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic we have between them all because at the high school level, it's, it's a little harder to bring people into the schools, especially with COVID. It kind of hurt a lot of our industry partnerships, not because nobody wanted to, but because it it was just too hard. Uh, One of the biggest things I love to do is get our students out in the field. You know, I understand they can't have access to certain data and they can't do certain things, but just to see what they're doing 
what the bigger picture is. Um, because everybody works into a, in, in a confined classroom in closed. I, I use construction as an example. Nobody builds a house at school, really. They build little tiny ones, but if they can take them to the construction site and it gives us the opportunities for field trips. Um, again, another thing a business partner can do for us that doesn't require anything except for time is let us just come and see. Let the students see because that will build their interest and it also remove that interest. In technology, there's so many facets of technology, whether it's medical, whether it's uh, banking, whether it's payment card industry, there's so many different facets people can look at. I got a student that, that was a, a, a numbers genius. Well, you can go into the financial industry and audit their, their, their cyber mechanisms in, in the financial industry. So they're, they're, and getting out there into the field and, and, and on these field trips allows these students to see the different aspects of what can be done. Uh, and that benefits the students tremendously because it helps them find their path. The more exposure we can get through industry partners, I can sit up there and play videos and talk all day long about the opportunities, but that don't mean anything compared to them going out on a field trip and seeing those opportunities and saying, wow, that looks pretty cool. Um, and it could completely change their trajectory. Miriam had absolutely no desire to do cybersecurity. She took my class as a fresh, a 14 year old freshman in high school, just because, and once she got involved and saw some of the opportunities in the, the, you know, I can work here for five years, get a little bored. I can stay in my industry and just do go to a different aspect. I might be repairing things this month. And then I might decide to go and, and do network networking the next month. So the, the opportunities to shift around within your industry, because in our, this later generation, I think it's my generation, <clears throat> there's a lot of moving, completely shifting from one career to a new career uh, because they just either get stagnant, they get, there's a, there's a hundred reasons why my generation is shifting um, careers, but in technology, and if you get these people out there and they can see the options, they may not shift careers. They may shift within their career now. Yeah. Good point. So how does a industry partner or how does an industry get more information, Joe? Uh, where do they go? Where do they say, hey, I'd like to, for you to bring your class here. Uh, I'd like to be, you know, a partner, sponsor, whatever. How do they get involved? I would, again, I tell them the same thing. I tell the teachers, let's start with the uh, councils. Uh Start with the Chamber of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce is, is wheeled in with the schools. Um, invite schools. Like I said, I use the Murphy Bureau Technology Council a lot because it's right here. Send them an invite. Send the schools. Get with the CTE advisor for your district. I, I live in Rutherford County. Um, we have a, a head CTE advisor, uh, Tyra Pilgrim. If anybody in industry contact Tyra, she would make it her priority to get them in touch with the instructors that they want. Um, because every school district, their CT director will make it a priority to link up industry reps that want to be partnered with schools, um, because it eases the burden on the district a lot too, if they can create those partnerships and it does generate some kind of funding or anything like that. Um, half of the, the devices I had in my lab were donated from another company, whether it's Quanta Computing or, or Ben Lohman. Those donations take a financial burden off the county because now they don't have to buy that stuff for me. Uh, so, yes, 
they, I, I encourage industry partners to reach out to the CTE directors of their county or their districts and start there. Um, and it, send a direct invite. You can get on the school website, look in the staff directory who teaches technology or construction or culinary. Send them an email. Hey, this is who I am. I'm, I'm looking to partner. Uh, and any instructor will jump on that. Great advice, um, for sure. As we wrap up, Joe, anything, one final point that you want to make about the program or uh, instruction? Yeah, I, I, I think Skills USA, and again, I sat in a classroom with high school students. I had a, there was two of us. We had a 300 fill. Each of us had 150 students from freshman, 14, all the way to senior at 18. So I've seen the entire range of demographic, and I think I have a pretty good grasp on what's going on out there. Skills USA cannot get large enough to impact the students it needs to. Um, we need to impact, you know, Rutherford County Schools alone, I think we have over 2,000 students in every one of our high schools. Those students need to understand the importance of getting to work on time, being in the right uniform and just be willing to learn. Um, and Skills USA is probably the greatest tool we have right now to make that happen. Uh, so if schools don't have a Skills USA chapter, they need to get one. Uh, now there's DECA, there's a couple other chapters out there that do the same thing Skills does. Uh, I'm only familiar with Skills, which is why I'm so Skills USA biased. Um, colleges, you guys are this, I'm, I'm not talking about like, Motlow's, TCATs, post-secondary education, you're the second line when it comes to this. Because if, if they go through high school and they don't get this, hopefully by the time they get you, they realize they needed it and you need to have it there for them. Um, this, this is how we get our, in, our, 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 I don't want to call it blue collar industry, but our, our vocational or our career technical education uh, industries on track, our construction, our plumbing, I mean, I tell my kids this all the time. I got a 13-year-old and 10-year-old. A plumber that does good work will make more money than any master's degree I know. But you got to do the good work. A plumber that does bad work is going to have no work. So um, pride in what they do. And I do believe that when you pair up our industry with the competitive nature of the, uh, and the camaraderie that Skills USA builds, um, I do believe they develop a, a pride in their work because they're working in that. You know, we have 27 students we took to Skills USA, Skills USA this year. Those 27 people still talk to each other this day because of the camaraderie they built. And it, it reinforced the pride in what they did. Uh, and I think Skills USA will have a, a huge hand in bringing pride back into our industries, whatever industry it is. Such good points. Um, so enjoyed this conversation with you this morning, Joe, and learning more about Skills USA. And uh, wish you every success with the program. And I'll certainly do what I can to get the word out there for sure. My guest has been Joe Marco, Cyber Research Engineer at the University of Alabama and Adjunct Cybersecurity Technology Instructor for Montlow State Community College. You've been listening to Lead Tennessee Radio, produced by the Tennessee Broadband Association cooperative and independent companies connecting our state's rural communities and beyond with world-class broadband.